Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. We're broadcasting from Coralville, Iowa. For more information about Life Church, to watch a live stream, or to find a campus near you, go to lifechurchnow.org. Matthew 5.8, it says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. I remember back in the 80s, uh, 90s, I, I used to, every Sunday, I was pastoring already, but every Sunday I would wear a suit and tie, and, um, and that was just part, of, the, that was just part of, it, of it, you know, is what we did. And, uh, but the, one weekend came this, came this weekend where I did not have a, a clean suit and tie to wear. And I, I was scrambling. I'm trying to figure out. I didn't, I didn't make enough money to go buy another suit, although I was considering it. And, uh, and so I, I, while I was preparing, uh, trying to figure out what to do, I remembered that there was a dry cleaner in town that had a sign that said, one hour dry cleaning. It was like the name of the, the dry cleaner. And then right underneath it said, one hour dry cleaning. And so I thought, man, I've got to go over there. I've got to take my suit there. So I took a suit there, dropped it off on the counter. And I said, I'll be back in a couple of hours. And she said, no, 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 this will be ready on Monday. I'm like, wait, it's, it says one hour dry cleaning, not two days later dry cleaning. That's not what it says up there. It says one hour dry cleaning. And she goes, oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, that, that, that machine, that broke many years ago. We don't, we don't do, offer that service anymore. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, and I didn't say it to him, but I wanted to say, well, take the sign down. Why are you claiming to be something that you're not? And so Matthew 5, 8, in a more contemporary version, may say something like this. Blessed are you when you stop hanging up signs on the outside that don't really f- reflect who you are on the inside. That's really the essence of this. We're in the series, Eight Hills, where we're talking about the values of Life Church. If you walked in, if you're new to Life Church, when you walked in the lobby, you saw we had these posters lined up in the hallway there towards the bathroom that state our values. It's the values that we've had over the last... Uh, 15, 16 years. Today we're going to look at a value called authenticity, and this is how it goes. Authenticity, telling the truth. When I say telling the truth, we're not just talking about speaking truth. That's part of it. But telling the truth is meaning how you live your life, how you act, everything about you. Okay, so telling the truth allows us and the people we're in relationships with to experience freedom and growth. We reveal, when we do that, we reveal who we are what we love, and what we struggle with. In other words, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Okay? Now, we love sharing the good. Not so much the bad and the ugly, right? So, so we reveal who we are, what we love, what we struggle with, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And we allow God to shape and change us from there. So we believe that authenticity is a journey that we're on. So this verse that I read in Matthew 5, 8, it's part of the Sermon on the Mount. And more specifically, it's the very beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. It's part of what's called the Beatitudes. It's a list of blessings. It's where Jesus is teaching what it looks like to be happy. You can, when you read the Beatitudes, it says, blessed are, and we read, blessed are the pure in heart. There's, it starts off with blessed are, blessed are, blessed are. You can translate that, happy are, happy are, happy are. And of course, it needs a, we need a, a, a more precise definition of what happiness means. But that's what that means. Jesus is teaching on what it means to find true happiness. And one of those ways is by having a pure heart. And so essentially what Jesus is telling us is, blessed are those who are not pretending to be more than what they really are, 
right? That there is happiness to be found there. I mean, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. It's frustrating. It's miserable to live your life as a full-time actor. You hear me? And you know that. Some of, us, some of you know that. I know that, right? I mean, pretending, putting on a show, that kind of wears you out. But where there is an authentic and pure heart, and when I say, what I mean, I don't mean a perfect heart, an authentic and pure heart, there's freedom to be found there. Matthew 5, 8, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Now that word pure here is this idea of being undivided, right? Of being authentic, being sincere. That's this idea here. That's what pure means. So you're undivided. You're not, your heart's not split up into parts. You're sincere. You're authentic. We value that around here. In ancient Rome, there, it, you know, they, there was a, a profession that was highly valued was a profession of sculpting, right? And so there was always a need for gods or images of gods, and so they would sculpt all kinds of different things. These sculptors would, uh, would, would make like little icons that you could put like on your nightstand, you know, of some gods. They would make these big, gigantic sculptures as well that would go out in like courtyards and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it was very important. And like all things, there were good sculptors and there were not so good sculptors, right? There were sculptors who would want to make a quick buck, and so they would make like an inferior sculpture, the more legitimate sculptors, on the other hand, they, would, they took pride in what they did. And so when they would finish their sculpture, they would always place at the bottom of the sculpture, they would place these words in Latin, sine sera. Sine sera. If you speak Spanish, you almost know what this is saying, all right? What it literally means is without wax. In Spanish, sin sera. Sine sera. And what it meant was that these inferior sculptures that were made by these people who wanted to make a quick buck, they would make these sculptures and they would maybe, you know, not do it, do it in a hurry, not do a good job, and they would reveal cracks in the sculpture. And so then when the cracks would be revealed, what would happen is they would come and they would follow it up with placing wax in all of the cracks. And so from the outside, it looked like it was fine, but they were faulty. So those who would label theirs Sinaceta, what they would do is they would finish their sculpture and then they would place it out in the sun to make the point that this is an authentic thing. This is real. There are no cracks in this one. You see, the sun would melt away the wax. And so in many ways, this is really what Jesus is getting at. What marks a blessed life is a faith without wax. A faith without wax, a heart that's sincere and authentic. And so Jesus says, blessed are the pure in heart. Now what's interesting about how Matthew puts the sermons of Jesus, he, there's two sermons, specific two sermons I'm going to talk about today. At the front end of his ministry, we have the Sermon on the Mount. And on the back end, the very last sermon that Jesus preaches is, is found in Matthew 23. And it's almost like bookends. That's what Matthew's doing. It's like he's putting these bookends. There's all this content in between, but he's putting bookends. And on the front end, there's a sermon of the Beatitudes. Blessed are the blessings, right? On the back end, though, there are these seven woes you, found in, you find in Matthew 23. See, Jesus is condemning hypocrisy. And there's these seven woes. And he says, and he says to many times, seven different times, woe to you, you hypocrites. Woe to you, you hypocrites. So he starts off with blessing, and he ends with, 
woe to you hypocrites. Look what it says in, in Matthew 23, 5. He's defining what hypocrisy is. He says, everything they do, everything they do is for show. I like how the message puts it. It says their lives are perpetual fashion shows. <laughs> it's not real. It's not pure in heart. And so we find that Jesus begins and ends his ministry with this truth. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are those who are authentic and sincere. But woe to you who are faking it. That word woe can, has several understandings, but it primarily means a curse. It could also mean grief. It could also mean sorrow. And so Jesus is saying, blessed are the sincere, blessed are the pure in heart, but cursed or, or sorrowful will be those who are hypocrites. So in other words, happy are the authentic. Happy are those who are real and authentic. Grief comes to the person who isn't real. So what I want to do is I'm going to look at these seven woes, or, or these, not going to look at all seven of the woes, but we're going to look at these woes to help us understand authenticity a little bit better. What does authenticity mean? So first of all, living authentically means no more spotlight. No more spotlight. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is continuing the Sermon on the Mount, and in verse 1 he says, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. This is the operative phrase here, to be seen by them. So you're doing this stuff to be seen by them. He says, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. He's not saying don't practice righteousness. He's not saying don't practice righteousness publicly. He says, why are you doing it, right? If you do, in other words, if you do it to be seen by people, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Essentially, what Jesus is saying here is, be careful not to do the right things for the wrong reasons, Be sure that you're not just exercising your faith to impress other people because if that's what you're doing, guess what? That's your reward. Your reward is somebody gets up and says, good job, Rich, you did a great job. That's it. But if you step off the stage, you get out of the spotlight, God will see what you do behind closed doors and he will reward you for that. The life God blesses is, those, is who you are when the spotlight is not on you, it's not shining on you. So the question is, am I living for the show? Am I living for the applause of men or am I living for the audience of one? That's a question of authenticity. Who am I living for, right? I don't know if you remember in, in preschool or kindergarten or first grade. Uh, I, I know for me, this is how it was growing up uh, as a kid. Uh, when, especially like in first grade, there was these, uh, this chart that my teacher, Mrs. Beck, would put out and, and, and it had our, all of our names on the chart. And then across the top, it had all the different things that we needed to, to accomplish. You know, get your homework done. Uh, you know, don't talk out loud in class. Stay in your seat. You know, eat all your food. Don't pee your pants. You know, whatever. All the different things that you were supposed to accomplish, right? And if you accomplish it, you would get a gold sticker, a little star. And I remember, I remember clearly, I, can, I don't know what it is inside of... Rich Green, at least, what it is that I'm so stinking competitive that I would go to school. I lived for the, the gold sticker stars. I wanted a sticker star on there beside my name. And when I'd go up there and I'd see other people with more, st more stars than my, I did, then I was like, I've got to get more stars. I'm like six years old, you know. I've got to get more stars. And I don't know what it is, but early on, we were taught that, to live for the stickers, and I don't think we always fully grow out of that. 
I mean, in fact, I think maybe some of you are here in church today to earn a sticker. Maybe not for anybody, not an actual sticker, but in your mind, a sticker that, hey, I did, look, I'm here. Or we do think some things like, you know, like we feed the hungry or we take care of the needy and but we make sure that gets posted on, on, on social media so that everybody will know how much I'm sacrificing. <clears throat> so Jesus says, well, if that's what you're doing, if that's why you're doing what you're doing, that's your reward. You did a good job. Good job. I mean, that's really the world that we live in. I mean, I... <laughs> Social media is just a collection of spotlight stories. I found a t-shirt several years ago. I, I never dared wear it. I was a little, you know, like I wanted to buy it because it's such truth, but I never really dared buy it and wear it because I'd be like, yeah, I don't know. It'd be, it seemed weird, but this is what the teacher, t-shirt it says. May your life someday be as awesome as you pretend it is on Facebook. <laughs> now, you know why we're all laughing? Because we know this is absolute truth. This is absolute truth. None of us post our worst moments on Facebook. We only po post our highlights. And if, I th and if you think you know somebody based on their post on Facebook, you don't know them. You only know their highlights. You only know the best of them. So living authentically means no more spotlight. Also, living authentically means no more costumes. When you read, when we, you, we read here in the woes in Matthew 23, you see that Jesus is critical to the religious leaders there. Because they put all this emphasis on the outward appearance. They're measuring people by what they look like on the outside, right? Yet, if you understand the Bible and you read the Bible, you know that what God looks at really is the heart. That's what God is judging. I mean, yeah, the Bible does teach about modesty and those kind of things. But you know what? What God really looks at, what God really judges, it's what's going on in your heart. And so Jesus is challenging the hypocrites and he says in Matthew 23, 5, he says, everything they do is for men to see. They make their phylacteries wide. They make their phylacteries wide and their tassels, and their tassels on their garments long. And so you're like, okay, well, I don't know what phylacteries are, so I think I'm good on this one, <laughs> right? What are phylacteries? I have no idea what phylacteries are, so I didn't sin. I, I'm okay. Jesus is not talking to me. But phylacteries basically were these leather boxes that Jewish men had. If they were right-handed, it would put it on their left arm. If they were left-handed, put it on their right arm. And it was this leather core that would go wrap around their arm and it had this box. And inside this little leather box were rolled up parchments of scripture. They would have one on their forearm, one on their, on their forehead. And it was very symbolic. It was very powerful symbolism. It was basically saying that, that the word of God is in, in front of me. It's leading me. And the word of God is over my, my mind. It's guiding my thinking. It's guiding my thoughts. And so it was very powerful imagery. Very powerful statement. Very amazing, great symbolic idea there, right? Um, they wore it all the time. Like they'd go to church with these phylacteries on, Right? So then one day, some guy decided, hey, you know what? I'm going to supersize my phylactery. I'm going to make it a little bit bigger to put more scripture in it, right? How spiritual will I look at that point? So they supersize the phylactery. You go to church, and somebody else sees the supersized phylactery. and like, whoa, look at that guy's phylactery. 
I'm going to shoebox size my phylactery. I'm more spiritual than that guy. And so they add more stuff. And you know what I mean? This is making it bigger. And essentially, it's all about the outward appearance. He also criticizes them for their supersizing their blue ribbon around the bottom of their garments, their robes. It's the same idea. See, Jesus makes it clear that the focus is purity of heart. Focus is purity of heart. You may dress a certain way to impress people, but what God wants more than anything else is authenticity. He wants your heart to be pure. He wants sincerity from you. So maybe what Jesus would say to us today is, woe to you. Woe to you if you equate a person's outward appearance with their eternal standing. Woe to you if you look at a person and you see what they look like on the outside and you automatically assume they're not saved. They don't know Jesus. I'm, I'm more spiritual than they are. Woe to you if you question a person's faith because they don't share the same sense of style that you have. I'm kind of just putting some modern language to Jesus' words here. Woe to you if you demean the worship of God by turning it into a religious fashion show. Woe to you if you spend hours in front of the mirror making sure that the outside looks good but you never pay attention to what's going on on the inside. This is what Jesus is talking about. That's what God sees. God sees the inside. You see, we need to be careful not to honor our cultural ideas or, or our traditions at the expense of fulfilling the Great Commission. This is why Jesus came down so hard on these people. Because they were using this as a, as a means to exclude people from the, from the community. You don't look the part, you don't belong in our community. You don't feel the same way I feel about certain things, you don't belong in this community. So, no more costumes. And lastly, living authentically means no more pretending. Again, verse 3 of Matthew 20, 23 says, For they do not practice what they preach. He's talking to the hypocrites here. They're just pretending, and it's exhausting to pretend. It's a miserable way to live. It's not the blessed life. The way we are blessed is by being pure in heart. <clears throat> Now, if anyone in this room is susceptible to pretending, that would be me. I don't know if it's just because of my own insecurities. I'm not sure. Or it's because I want to make sure that I impress you. I want to make sure that you think well of your pastor. And so just so you know that I am human... I started thinking about this, you know, what do I say? How do I talk about this? Maybe I should share some stories, some, you know, stories of weakness on my part that would, that would help you understand that I am really human. <clears throat> and, uh, and it got scary really fast. <laughs> like, no, I'm not going to talk about that. And I'm not going to talk about that either. <laughs> but I could tell you, that in my house, there were no longer because we changed the doors up, but there used to be doors in my house that had holes in them because I got so angry with my teenage sons. I'm embarrassed to say this, that I wanted to punch them, but I didn't dare punch them in the face, so I punched the door instead. I lost my temper. I could tell you the times I've given away, given away too much time over to serving this church at the expense of my family. And I mean, 
to some extent that be, might be okay, except that I was, here's the gross part, I was doing it to earn your favor. <clears throat> I've been on this journey of real faith for a long time. And I, I'm just gonna tell you right now, I, I haven't succeeded completely at it. I'm trying, but I haven't succeeded. It goes way back. Christy and I were newly married. Well, been married for a little, almost two years by this time. We had a, a son, Jonathan. And uh, 1989, we were in a little place called Leesville, Louisiana, planning a Puerto Rican church. <laughs> and uh, I made $300 a month. That was my salary. So my, my wife, Christy, had to work full-time. She was a nurse in the ICU in the, lo in the local hospital there. And... Um, and so she worked every day. She would get up on the days, especially the days that she worked, she would get up early, uh, get Jonathan up out of bed, get him dressed up and take him to the, to the daycare, which was actually in our church, the church that we were a part of, um, take my son to the daycare. And then my only job, now my only job was to pick him up at 3 p.m. That was my job. I didn't have to dress him in the morning. I didn't have to make sure he was fed. I didn't have to make bottles or anything else. I just had to make sure that I would pick him up at 3 p.m. So this one Wednesday night, one Wednesday afternoon, I was in my office. I knew that I had to pick Jonathan up, but I just totally blanked it out that day. And my pastor walks in and says, hey, you want to go play some racquetball this afternoon? I'm like, yeah, let's go do some racquetball. So him and youth pastor and myself, we went and played racquetball all afternoon. I get back and I'm, I, it was, it's a Wednesday night, so we would have services on Wednesday night. So I get back from Rackabon, there's a shower at the church. I'm, gonna sh I'm just going to shower real quick at the church and, and uh, get ready for church. And while I'm in the shower, suddenly I realize <gasps> I didn't pick Jonathan up at 3 p.m. <laughs> terror. Ter my first reaction was just terror because here's the deal. I knew that Chrissy would be mad at me, but you know who else was mad at me? Ruth Bailey, the daycare director. I mean, I just knew, so she had already called Chrissy, told, told her that I hadn't picked up Jonathan. I was in trouble. And so right after I get out of the shower, get myself dressed, I call, I'm calling the house, you know, trying to get Chrissy to answer the phone. She wouldn't answer the phone and uh, made things, just made things worse. And finally, she calls me back close to service time. She says, I'm bringing Jonathan to church. You need to put him in the nursery. I'm not going to church. And I'm begging her over the phone, please, Christy, just don't do that. You know? And all the while, here's the thing. Here's the, the, the gross part about this. All the while, I'm worried about what people might think about us as pastors in our relationship. And so I'm begging her over the phone, and she's just not having it. If you know my wife, she's, she's meek and mild. And <laughs> so she comes and... Sure enough, she pulls up in the parking lot, and and uh, and she she's sitting in the car, and Jonathan's in the you know in the back seat in the car seat. I take Jonathan out of the car seat, and then she just takes off. I'm pleading with her, don't do this. She just takes off. I'm not going to church. She leaves, you know. And so I take Jonathan to the nursery. I come back. I'm out in the parking lot waiting for. Him. I'm just thinking, Lord, I'm literally praying, God, just change your mind, change your mind. Let her come back. And I'm telling you that this icky feeling that the reason why was because I didn't want anybody to think that there was something wrong. She doesn't come back. She doesn't come back. Church service starts. I'm down in the parking lot waiting for my wife to come back. And um, 
finally, a guy in our church, Carlos Diaz, he comes down and he says, hey, pastor, you, are you, uh, you coming? This church has already started. And I'm like, yeah. And I lied to him. I said, yeah, no, I'm waiting for my wife. She's running late. <laughs> and, uh, and he says, no, she's up in church right now. What are you talking about? <laughs> so Chrissy had basically driven around the building, parked on the other side, and then went, up, went into church. So, so, so I'm, uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm like, okay. So I go up there, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna preach now. I have to preach, and I get up in the pulpit to start preaching, and I'm just feeling this heaviness. And she's sitting out there, just like with her arms crossed, just looking at me, like, yeah. What do you have to say to me? <laughs> and um, I get up there, and I start to speak, and I kind of, I don't know how many minutes I got into it. And then I just stopped and said, hermanos, hermanas, I was Puerto Ricans, I, I can't do this. I cannot preach the sermon I have for you today. I have to stop right now and I have to ask my wife for forgiveness. And right there I said, Chrissy, I am so very sorry that I hurt you and I offended you. And I mean, this was incredibly embarrassing for me. I'm standing in a pulpit much like I am right now, asking for her forgiveness in front of like 40 people there, you know. And, um, <clears throat> and then I look up and I mean, everybody was crying in that room. Husbands were looking, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. <laughs> They're just like apologizing. And I mean, it's just like really, it turned into a great service. But <clears throat> here's the deal. I had to make a decision. When I stood up there to speak, I had to make a choice. The choice was, am I going to pretend or am I going to be pure in heart? And every single one of us has that choice to make. Listen, it's not easy sharing my weaknesses with you. There's part of me that wants your approval. Like, I know that I'm not perfect, and I don't expect anybody to think that I'm perfect, but I just don't want you to think bad of me, right? But then I think about my wife, and I think about my kids who actually attend, at least my two sons who attend this church, and it just becomes really clear to me I want them to know, I want my wife to know, I want my children to know that this is what church is supposed to be like. That it's not about pretend, it's about real, authentic Christianity, a faith without wax. Amen? Listen, church, church is not about the stickers, and it's so easy for us to fall in that trap. It's so easy for us to fall in that trap, but it's not about the stickers. It's about a life that just says, I'm submitted and surrendered to, to you, Jesus. And here's, a, here's, you want the honest truth? Every single one of us are sinners who have fallen short of the grace of God. Every single one of us. Every single one of us need God's grace in our life moment by moment by moment. In fact, without God's grace in our life, we would not survive. The Bible tells us in 1 John that if we confess our sins, if we're sinners saved by grace, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to purify us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Jesus says it this way, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. Let's all stand. <clears throat> now I only talked about the first part of that verse, Matthew 5, 8. Blessed are the pure in heart. Um, 
the idea of authenticity, the idea of, of being real, of not a pretend faith, of a faith without wax. <clears throat> I didn't talk about the latter part of this because here, here's what I think. I think that we think that if, if, I don't, if I don't show up and if I don't look good, if, I don't, if my faith isn't strong enough, here's what happens. People are gonna think less of me, but here's, okay, maybe that'll happen. Maybe somebody will judge you because of what you look like or how well you did not, or how not well you did in your, in your faith walk. But here's the promise you get from Jesus in Matthew 5, 8. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the sincere. Blessed are the authentic. For they what? They will see God. That you actually get to experience the presence of God when you simply say, here I am. I'm, this is all I am. Here I am. You get to experience his presence. And so here's my challenge to all of us today. No more pretend. No more masks. And I'm not talking about here on Sunday mornings. I mean, that, that definitely can, no more of that here on Sunday morning. But with your spouse, with your colleagues at work, with your friends, let's be real with one another. Let's live our faith out without wax. Amen? Amen. Let me pray for you. Our prayer teams are here on left and right. We're going to worship here in a second. I want to encourage you. If you're here this morning and you'd like prayer, they're here, to, they're, they're here to serve you. They're here to pray with you. So I encourage you to step out and pray with them, all right? Let me pray. Father, I just want to thank you, God, for your goodness, your grace, your loving kindness. I thank you, Father, that what you see is our hearts. And right now, Lord, you're like x-ray vision. You're looking at each and every one of us. You're looking at our hearts. You're challenging us. You're calling us to live an authentic faith, one without wax. So right now, Father, we surrender. We surrender the pretense. We surrender the show. We give up the costumes. We give up the stickers. Father, we just want you. We want to see you. So, Father, will you speak to us? God, will you touch those this morning that need to respond, that need to step out and respond to what you're calling them into? In Jesus' name, let's worship.